Gentlemen, welcome to motherfucking episode 25, baby. 25, that's a big number, all right? A lot of the podcasts you listen to probably have a thousand plays, and one day we're going to get there. And I'll be 30, and it'll be sad, but we're going to fucking get there. You know it. Um, It's been a wild week. What's going on? We got uh, Palestine at Israel, game six. That's coming your way. We're going to find out what it, how that ends. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know what's happening there. Um, hashtag Hamas for life. I don't even know what I'm saying by, by saying that. Um, it's been a, a, you know, an average week, an average week of bullshit here in good old western Pennsylvania. Uh, I, got, I got pulled over while longboarding this week. How about that? How about that one? I was longboarding at my usual spot. The next thing I know, a state trooper is pulling me over um, because somebody somebody had called the cops and said I was back there. I guess it is private property. It's this long stretch of road that I like to just I'd like to just go and do drugs on while I ride my longboard. Um, I got pulled over, and I you know literally I just pulled to the side so this guy could get past me, and this car stops, which. I mean, I couldn't even tell it was a was a police officer. I really thought I was gonna get you know fucked up right there. It this back area where I skateboard actually looks like like a murder scene. Like it looks like a scene from Wrong Turn Two. This is Wrong Turn Three. Okay, it's behind a, a waste management facility with a bunch of trailers. Apparently, those people live back there. Which talk about a life not worth living. Um, I get pulled over, the guy gets out of the car, I'm like, hey, how you doing? He's like, good, you know, you can't be back here, this is private property, I need you to leave now. And I was like, okay, you know, I just, I turn to go, and of course he sees the beer in my hand. Now it's a whole thing. Because of one of the dumbest laws in America. It's a, it's a whole thing now, okay? I'm a grown fucking man, I'm 23 years old, I pay my bills, I fucking, I function in society. I should be able to have a goddamn Miller Lite wherever I please, okay? I just, I should be able to cut through people's yard. Just just shotgun in a milli. All right? I've never called it a milli before. I, I'm never going to do that again. That sounded fucking stupid. But my point is, you, okay, you should not be able to fucking tell people that they can't drink in public. That's stupid. That you're just saying, hey, uh, before you get out of your car, make sure you slam three Miller Lights or three White Claws, whatever you got, before you come over here. Because we've created dumbass laws that say people can't drink in public unless they're hiding it. Uh, he was totally about to let me go. Of course, my dumbass turns to the side to reveal I'm holding a beer, and he goes, "All right, all right, hold on, hold on," and I'm just like, "Fuck, fuck, this is about to go well," I assume. He's like, I need you to pour out my beer, uh, pour out your beer. Grown man asking another grown man to pour out his beer. 
because he's having it in a spot that he shouldn't have. Only time I've ever thought about grabbing a cop's gun. Right there. You don't dis you don't disrespect me like that. Alright, you don't fucking you don't fucking come to my fucking spot and fucking and fucking tell me to pour out my Miller light. Only time I've thought about grabbing a cop's gun. Um so he basically I I don't even I should not talk about this on the podcast. But who gives a fuck? Who gives one shit? I have a bench warrant in South Dakota uh, for a failure to appear with with marijuana, like a marijuana charge back in 2017. They tried to they tried to get me to pay $1,000 because I got caught with less than a bowl's worth of weed. I mean, it was probably enough to pack a one-hitter, and I just happened to save it. And uh, I, got, I got that going now. So every time I get talked to by the cops, I'm like, okay, is this it? And don't you hate how every single time when you have to talk to a police officer, they're like saying the codes back and forth. It always sounds like you're going to fucking jail. It, it literally, it always sounds like you're done. They'll just be like, I got an 0518, negative uh, 29. And you're just like, oh, they're pulling up the bench warrant right now. But he let me go, and now I have nowhere to longboard because every street where I live looks like it's it's been run over by tanks and and seen war. So that that was a bummer. Um, a lot lot's been going on at the hotel this week. We had a couple leave without paying their three thousand dollar bill. That's fun. You gotta love when folks do that shit. Uh. I don't even know how that happened. These people were so obviously on drugs. I was talking about them on a, on a few episodes ago. They're the people that could not shut the fuck up. I mean, they would go... There was this one time where the guy went for... And I started counting at one point. I started looking at the clock on the computer. He went for seven minutes. The only sentence I understood the entire time was... And then, of course, 9-11 had to happen. And things got crazy from there. And I was like, oh, fuck. Get me out of here. Get me fucking out of here, man. Um, there's a family partying outside. I went out there to try and go smoke. I didn't even know they were there at first. And I popped out. They were listening to a Black Eyed Peas song. White family, drunk as fuck, listening to music from 2011. Yeah, I'm sure that won't end in a, in a domestic assault at 2 a.m. Uh, pretty sure they're here for a wedding. Man, can you... Imagine that's how it starts out. You consummate the marriage at a hotel in Monaco, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Divorced by 2030. I'm going to miss this place. I'll just be honest about that. I really get to do whatever the fuck I want here at night, but also working the night shift, that's that's just no way to live, honestly. Uh you know, I get out of here and my body's like, well, what the fuck just happened? It was dark outside and and we did not sleep. You never think about that. Like how much how much all of your DNA and your genetics, like everybody else has slept at night and now you're doing the opposite of that. So your body basically feels like I it feels like, dude, when I get home, I I just I hit one and I pop a melatonin until I'm asleep. Usually I'll, maybe I'll cook something up in the morning, but as soon as I get back, when that melatonin hits, bye. Bye for the next 10 hours. I am out of commission. And uh, and part of me thinks that's because, like, 
my brain is like, what what the hell are we doing here, man? Uh, don't work the fucking don't 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 work the night shift. Don't work the night shift. It's right now if you're if you are unemployed and you're looking for a job, definitely look for a morning or afternoon shift at a hotel. I promise you. If you don't go to one in, in like the city or something, you're really not gonna be doing shit. Uh at least three out of the five days a week, you know, that you're that you're hanging out here. I basically just hang out. I could do a fucking podcast from here. It's wild, you know. There's really not a lot to do right now. Um, I think people have finally – it feels like people have finally accepted. They're just like, well, if, I, if I'm going to get the, uh, the $60 rate, I better deal with not getting any housekeeping. And I'm like, you're goddamn right you will. Um, I've been getting into chiropractic compilations lately. That shit's kind of weird. I don't like that I like it so much. It bothers me. It bothers me. And if you've never seen one before, they're weird. They're weird because they try and, uh, it just feels oddly sexual. Like, all the girls are hot and wearing, like, really tight pants, and it's not... I can actually kind of get into it. Like, I actually feel my penis start doing something when the guy doesn't look like an Amish rapist. Why do most chiropractors look like Amish rapists? There's a There was a bald guy with a beard and suspenders on, and that it's just kind of terrifying when he goes, ooh, afterwards. But when it's a guy that looks like James Dean and the girl is really hot, I definitely start to feel aroused a little bit. Um, it's somehow, I think it's somehow gayer that that i like the ones that that have a guy that's not ugly um because sometimes you'll, you'll get a guy he you know he just looks like he just looks like uh you know he's put together works out and he's just he's pressing down on a hot chick and it's like well well i don't know why this is arousing me but it certainly is uh, like, take a listen here. I'll find, I'll find a, uh, I'll find a spot. Gotta skip the ad. There's definitely a lot of moaning and groaning after the, after the popping, which is, it's kind of uncomfortable. Um, sorry. Like. And... <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. That was a gay one. This is this is bop, this is back popping. This is not this is not a this is not supposed to be sexual. Did you hear that one? They both came. Um, just <laughs> just just a little bit weird. Uh, even weirder that I that I I I find myself watching them a lot. Um, I I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. What else? I, I've been I've been vaping I've been vaping a lot. Lord forgive me, but it's time to go back to the old me. Um, I used to vape quite a bit, and I stopped for years. Uh, just because it, it you could taste the cancer when you do it. You could you can taste the the cancer, and it does kind of taste good. It's a good it's a good little cancer hit. Um. But, you know, these kids these days, they don't know about the 24 Nick. You're sitting over here sucking on a, on a mango banana cumsicle puff bar. It's, what, it's 5% nicotine? 
that shit, it looks like you're sucking on a vibrator. It's weird. Um, remember how vapes used to, they used to be Glocks. Uh, everybody that had a vape was, was walking around with a Glock 9 in their pocket. You would set it down on the table and it would actually just sound like, it, it was, it was good shit, man. You know, the 24 Blue Raz Nick, that, that shit will, that shit will, it actually feels like drugs. Uh, I think there's a reason. I don't even know if they sell it anymore. You had to extract it from a bottle and pour it into the vape itself. And if you're doing that, you're you probably is probably a little unhealthy. You got to take the liquid and put it into another thing. That's probably unhealthy. They don't have those anymore. The ones with the uh, with the little tank, you would fill it up with just straight cancer. I mean, you get any on your finger, and you're like, "This is what's going into my lungs. This I can't. I physically cannot get this off of my hands." Um, it's it's just it's fucking terrible for you. But god damn, is it awesome? I have one of the little vibrator ones right now, and I love it. It's it, my manager gave it to me. He keeps every every other week. He's just like, "Fuck, I bought a new one. Can you please just take this so I don't have to? I don't finish it." I'm like, well, what am I going to say? No? Am I going to say no? I got to sit here and my weed tolerance, that's the biggest problem. My weed tolerance since I started working six days a week has, has fucking plummeted. Over the summer, I was unemployed. I was smoking two and a half grams a day. Dropped drop that back to about one gram a day now. I can't even fucking record the podcast sometimes because I'm so goddamn high. You put one of these in there and it totally it gives you that it gives you that fix of not wanting to go out every five minutes, you know? Oh my god, dude. My throat is my throat is World War II Hiroshima right now. There's gonna be long lasting problems from this, considering I've been doing a lot of gravity bongs. If you don't know about the gravity bongs, get on that shit. It's very awesome, but it also your throat is Chernobyl for the next x amount of minutes uh you add the vape on top of that it's like fuck bro i can't even i'm having trouble breathing right now um ah shit somebody's at the desk i'll be right back i'm back i was talking to a good friend of the show markel this week and he asked a pretty pretty funny question we talk about this we talk about this on the podcast a lot he said what are you gonna do when your family finds the podcast and um yeah, I think I think I'll just disappear for a few weeks. You can't do an entire episode about jerking off and expect your Catholic family to to just take that very well. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be. Could you imagine the the funniest the funniest thing? The only person in Arizona where I'm moving, you know, where my whole family is that knows about it, is my cousin. It would be so funny. If he just started playing that episode where I started talking about dick probing videos, like if he just started playing that on a speaker during Thanksgiving dinner, that that would be fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> we're just all sitting down, we're having a good time, and I'm just and, th- and then this video popped up of this guy putting a metal thing in his dick, and I'm just like, oh. Okay, guys, uh, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'll go, I'll go. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're very Catholic, they, uh, they love Jesus.
I wonder if they'll make me go to church on Christmas. That'll go well, huh? That'll go well. Um, what if I just walk to the front doors and Jesus is just standing there with a katana? And the theme from Kill Bill plays. You know, the one where it's just like the siren. I got to find it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this entire episode of the podcast has just been me looking for shit looking for shit on youtube so far but oh i found it i typed it i typed in uh kill bill theme on youtube and it's just just imagine me getting up to the doors of the church and all of a sudden jesus is just standing there we're just we're just walking we're just walking yeah you know i haven't been to church in a while this this should be nice all of a sudden jesus is at the front door It's Jesus. <laughs> oh man, I haven't I haven't been to church in a minute. There was something relaxing about church uh, that I remember from before. I used to get in there, and that the priest would do the homily or whatever it's called, and it always felt you could relate to it. Um, that was always interesting. You could always pick whatever was going on in your life and apply it to that. There are good parts about church, man. There are good parts about church. Um, it's it's you know something that's not for me. A lot, most of my family, they go to church, they pray, things like that. There's people that listen to this podcast that do that. I'll you know, this is random. I just thought of it, but I remember the moment I stopped wanting to go to church. Um, I was like, I was probably like 13 years old, you know, just starting to become conscious of things besides video games and titties uh mostly titties but other things as well and i remember we were sitting there we were in like the fourth pew back like from the front we were sitting really close and this was this was a long time ago they i don't think they would do this in church anymore i don't think you know this is really a focus of any religion but the topic of the of the homily was about gay marriage and about how this you know this would have been this would have been fucking 2012 it might have even been before that and the catholics weren't fucking with the gays man it was it was palestine israel game 6 in that motherfucker and i remember sitting there listening to the homily and not you know not identifying with a whole lot of it but still sitting there and listening to the point and this woman a couple of pews in front of us just stood up crying and walked out and I was like, oh, man. You know, I, I pretty much, I think I got what was going on there. She was visibly, she was crying. I saw her wiping, like, her makeup out of her eye after she left. And I was like, oh. She she grew up her whole life Catholic and obviously identifies it. But she also loves to munch box. And she, I mean, it was pretty much like undirectly, you know, I'm not, I, I had never even seen this woman before. I'm sure most of the people in the church didn't even know who this was, but she just undirectly was called out in front of all these people like, no, we don't accept you and you're in your type. And she got up and she walked out crying. And I remember thinking, that's wrong. That's fucked up. I have a very I very much have a problem with that. And from there, I sort of always just resented going. Um, we went for about three more years, my family did, and we, you know, we sort of all just fell out of it. 
because there's constantly stuff like that. There's constantly stuff like that where if you don't fit our mold, you aren't welcome here. And I think that people are getting more and more to the point where we're like, hey, I don't really give a fuck about that. Why do you? Uh, you know, there's a lot of problems with it. And I didn't even mean I didn't even mean to go into that. It's just my random stupid brain uh fucking latching on to shit. God damn it, I have to keep pausing because these 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 drunken trash monsters keep coming up to get mac and cheese and chips from our uh store area. It's so funny. I get I get so annoyed with all these people and um one of them had, like, a hot girlfriend, and I was like, oh, no, I respect it. I respect it. That, that guy is too much of a fucking gross Pennsylvania fuck to be dating that chick. I respect it. <laughs> That's how stupid dudes are. Dudes are apes, okay? We're just, we're just monkeys. <gasps> Him annoying me. <gasps> And then he, his hot-ass girlfriend walks up and she's like, I ain't got dang it, Mac and cheese. And I'm like, me respect him now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. We're all fucking dumb, huh? No, I, trust me, there's every, every, one out of every 30 chicks is hot out here and they're just brain dead or they're fucking 30 dudes. It's the rule of 30s. One out of 30 is fucking 30. And that's why she's hot. Uh, I have nothing to talk about, dude. Okay, so today um, a woman called and she was asking for a room where her 300-pound son I'm – not, I'm not exaggerating. She said she, said she had a 300-pound autistic son – that likes to run around and she was trying to look for a room that he wouldn't bother anyone in and hey i i respect that you're calling beforehand to to try and figure it out but then she got frustrated when i was like well the only thing i can think of is like a first floor room that separates from that doesn't have you know a person right next to them and we're almost we're almost completely full as it is we don't have any first floor rooms anyway and she's like, like, what? did you not expect that to be an issue? Like, holy shit, dude. Get that boy some celery. Uh, you kid can't be 300 pounds, miss. Can you imagine the stomping? <laughs> you're trying you have to go to, you have to go to work at 4 a.m. You're trying, you're just falling asleep. After so after some shit Netflix show that you didn't even watch, and all of a sudden it sounds like there's a bear running around upstairs. <laughs> no, I, I do I do feel kind of bad. That would be tough to have a 300 pound autistic son. I have a nephew that has autism, and um, sometimes you know when he gets really upset, he takes it further than screaming and he'll do he'll do stuff that could potentially injure him like one time he tried to bite an ornament uh the other another time he tried to jump out of a window and I, you know if i'm the only one there i have to physically restrain him and i sort of hold his wrist and i you know hug him and i'm just, just calm down buddy just calm down could you imagine trying to do that to a 300 pound nine-year-old <laughs> like you just 
he's trying to jump out the window and you're just like ah, fucking stop man he just knocks seven of your teeth out with his elbow <laughs> and then roars at you fuck man fuck um wow now that i'm thinking about it i actually feel bad for even like making a joke Having a 300-pound autistic son sounds very rough. That woman was unreasonably calm for how frustrated she should have been. I also don't understand fatness. I I should point that out. I don't – maybe it's not cool for me to be like, hey, don't let your kid get 300 pounds. Like I understand understand that some people have like that thyroid problem or whatever and they can't control weight gain. I know it's – I know that's a thing. But also, goddamn, you can't be you can't be at a hotel. I don't even know. I don't even know how that would work out. She said she specified that the kid likes to run around. Um I don't know. It's tough. Autism is tough, man. I remember the first time uh my nephew, he used to he used to have this sort of I don't want I don't know enough about it to really even be talking about it, but I guess I would call it a tick. He used to call he, I, he used to smack his head against hard surfaces whenever he got really really upset. And I remember the first time I told him no, and he he was like, no, I want to do that. And I was like, you can't you can't do it you can't do it, bud. I don't even remember what it was. It was like 2018. He was really little, like three, and he just took his head and slammed it into a floor. And I, I, I went, I went into like shock because I didn't understand it. I really never, I'm thankful for this kid so much because he's the sweetest kid ever. And he's definitely given me a new perspective on this sort of thing. Uh, my whole life, I never, I, it was, it was tough to understand that. Like when somebody, when somebody literally can't control anything. I mean, I mean, they, there's certain things that they can't control. He can, he can control it a lot of time, a lot of the time, and he gets better every single time I see him. But he just he just started slamming his head into the floor, and I was like, I went into shock. I was like, what? Holy shit! Holy fuck! Um, I can't imagine trying to stop a 300-pound kid from doing that, and he just picks you up and throws you into the TV. I, I'm not – I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm a dumb person and I automatically make jokes about things and I'm sorry. But that's something that's like even just, just tough to joke about because it sounds hard as fuck. It does. Um, I remember on, on – I think it was the, you know, the first guest episode ever. Every time I try to say guest episode after I've had two Miller Lights, I go, get episode. Like I can't, I can't fucking do it. Um, but the guest episode where I talked about that kid, Trent, um, I feel bad because I, no one fucking explained that to us. They just said, I remember they said, well, he kind of has special needs and this poor fucking guy, man, he, he probably was just severely autistic and they did not explain that to us in a way that we could understand. There was no explanation of, hey, he can't control this. Uh, you know, when he starts crying and running out of the room, no, you know, that's not, he just, he can't help it. And so I remember I would always get in, like, fights with this kid. I don't know why, but it was, it was always me getting in fights with this autistic kid. And he would, you know, run away screaming and stuff. And I remember all the kids in the class would be like, 
yeah, what the fuck? You know, why is that kid, why is he like that? And they would be on my side. And going back and thinking about that, knowing what I know now, it's just, it just feels terrible. You know, I wish they would have fucking explained that to us. There's a lot of that stuff that no one ever explained when we were kids, man. Dude, getting pissed off. I had to pause again. Um, just, just come on, bro. bro why, why at the desk at 2 a.m.? Go to bed. I'm kidding. Whatever. But I was talking about uh, things that they never explained to us in school. Dude, I think about all the time. I remember in kindergarten for Thanksgiving, they had us dress up as pilgrims and Indians. <laughs> Dude, this was, this was 2003, 2004. And they were calling them Indians. And that wasn't even – it just keeps getting worse. Honestly, with with how ah, <laughs> dude, they had us. They had everybody when you came in. Half the class was pilgrims, and half of them was were were quote unquote Indians. And we would sit. We, the idea was you would prepare your different stuff like based on what you know each each party brought to the the first Thanksgiving. And we had a big table. We would sit Indians on one side, pilgrims on the other. And I remember, dude, everybody wanted to be an Indian. Everybody wanted to be an Indian because you got to wear you got to wear a band with a feather on your head. Dude, this was 2004. <laughs> and they had the little face paint too. They had the little face paint. I'm surprised they weren't encouraging us to talk like me um want to try um the turkey that we're having at the first Thanksgiving um dinner. Like it was just unbelievably fucking racist, bro. The the teachers, I'm not making this up. The teachers were encouraging us to go just a fucking table of suburban white kids. And I remember, dude, there was there was an Asian, a Mexican, and a black girl in, in our class. The rest Solid white, dude. Solid white brick of kids the rest of the shit. And half of us are sitting in feathers with a feather tape to our head going, oh, no, 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 no. it was so bad. So bad. They had us doing all that shit, man. They had us doing all of that shit, bro. I remember so many times like that. I think that once we got to like around 2008, they really scaled back on anything that was about race. Um, I remember, dude, this is so funny. The year, this was all in the same year. So, so first of all, <laughs> we had to do we had to do a wax museum presentation. And if you've never done a wax museum presentation, you pick a historical figure, and you set up a sort of like a poster board. That shows a lot of different facts, pictures of the person, and you hold up your hand, and whenever, like, they have the parents come in for a day at, like, noon or something on a Friday, and they, they press your hand, and you give facts, just like they would at a, a wax museum. I don't know if you press the hand at the wax museums, but you just press, you pretend to press a button on the kid, and they start going into their whole thing about how they're Amelia Earhart or, or Henry Ford or, like, Alexander Graham Bell. Of course, I chose Martin Luther King. Because I... Dude, I've been BLM since day one, baby. Since day one. Alright? 
I remember we watched this. Me and my mom were watching this movie when I was in like third grade, and there was a scene where this guy was super racist, and I was like, "Well, he should just beat the fuck out of that guy, bro, bro, homies." <laughs> my homies, I've been I've been on his side since day one. I I my cousin's a full wigger. All right, we on your team, bro. <laughs> Um, I decided I would do Martin Luther King as mine, and I remember that there was one girl, she was in my class for, like, almost every year of elementary school. Her name was Annika. She was a black girl, real real nice, really nice girl. I remember she was really nice, and her parents, I just never expected it because the school was so white. <laughs> And the school was so white. I never, I never pictured myself hanging, having to explain Martin Luther King to somebody's black dad. And then the next thing I know, her parents are walking up to me, and I'm going, "Hi, my name is Martin Luther King Jr. I led the civil rights movement in the 1960s. I made it a great place for black people." Like, <laughs> it just, dude, it just felt wrong to be a little suburban white kid going. I helped black people. <laughs> it was just, it was just no good. Um, I remember asking my mom if I could do blackface. Thank God that's not that was a thing that was cut off in the 1990s. Like Jimmy Fallon was the last one to do it. <clears throat> because and shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. When I asked, I was nine years old. All right, I didn't understand. I didn't understand that it would be wrong to paint my face brown. I would have for sure done it. If my mom didn't explain to me, hey, that's not you can't you can't do that, and here's why. Um, it was funny. It it was it was a good time, and uh, you know, fucking God bless that girl's parents. They were like they didn't even they didn't even like laugh the whole time. If I saw that happening, I would for sure have to laugh. I'm sorry, <laughs> little suburban white kid. Talking about how how his black family's home was bombed in the 1960s. Not a good look, Joe. Not a good look. Thank God no one documented that. I was going to say after that, too, this was a really good exercise, I remember, that they had us do. Um, So they, for an hour... They randomly selected what you would be doing. This was a completely different day. This had nothing to do with the wax museum. But I remember um, for an hour as an activity one day, we based things off of eye color. So they were just randomly selected. They didn't even look at, at who you know had what color eyes. They said, hey, if you have brown eyes, you get to go out on the playground for 15 minutes. If you have... Uh, blue eyes, you get to play games in the hallway, but if you have green eyes, you have to sit here and you have to do cursive for the next half hour. And I remember, you know, the whole thing was to teach about how there's inequality in race, and this was the only time this ever happened. I think we should have had a lot more learning about this, because that is something I really do, you know, fucking recognize nowadays. Um... I remember I had green eyes, and I had to sit there, and I had to do cursive. And it's fucking hard for your little third or fourth grade brain to relate that to race at all, because you've never been in a real-life situation without your parents that involves anything about race, really. Especially when you're growing up in a, in a white suburb like Lakeville. 
I'll just never, ever forget um, what happened as a result because of this. Fucking white parents were calling the teacher and going, you made my kid do cursive because she had green eyes while the brown kid eyes got to go out, got to go out to the playground. It's like, you, you dumb bitch, <laughs> like fucking shut up, you know? You, your kid had to do an hour of cursive? Just fucking close your pussy lips, ma'am. Uh, put your asshole back inside of your body. Like, for real. Calm down. It was a great exercise, I thought. And I was one of the green-eyed kids. I was repressed. Um, <laughs> I just remember... I just remember, you know, I always constantly go back to how cool my mom is compared to these fucking degenerates that were that considered themselves mothers of the people that I went to school with. Um, I told my mom about it and she explained it to me. Other people told their mom about it and they said, well, this just isn't right. This just isn't right. My kid is being discriminated against because they have green eyes. Oh, my God. You completely missed the point, Karen. It's such a hack thing to call to call people Karen, and I also I don't like it because my mom looks like a Karen, and she's absolutely not. So I don't I don't like that people that just look like that, like women in their late forties, get grouped into that. But that's where it came from, is you dumb bitches. So like we have to we have to acknowledge that part. The fact that you felt the need to call the fucking school uh, to handle your kid not being able to go out for an extra thirty minutes of recess. Uh, there's just a, just a lot of shit like that, you know? A lot of shit like that. The wheelchair kids, they always they always sat down and explained us the wheelchair kids really well, and they explained how they thought and stuff, but I feel like they had to do that. Because kids are just fucking ruthless, man. They really are. Um, there was one girl... Dude, I'll never forget this. Kids are really ruthless. There's this one girl, um, she had diabetes, and she grew up down the street from me, and she's, she's pretty nice. I remember her being being nice. Uh, she was one of the only people in our grade that had one of those pumps where it's got, like, that little wire that, oh, I, I never liked looking at it. Every once in a while, the shirt would pull up a little bit, and you'd see the wire in the stomach, and you're like, um, but she was nice, and I remember one time we were playing kickball outside, and it was always a thing at gym. I would be really insecure about this. I don't know how she felt about it, but they would always, like, fucking warn the whole class about bumping into her pump or whatever you call it, and I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. If my shit falls out, if my shit's leaking, my shit's leaking. Stop reminding everybody that it's there. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not a diabetic kid. I don't, I don't fucking know. But she had the pump, and I remember there was this fucking kid. I can't remember what his name was. I think his name was Kier, but it's not the Kier that uh, everyone that listens to this show knows. He was, he was a kid. He only went to our school a couple of years. He was absolutely out of fucking control. Like, no filter. He was stronger than some of the teachers. Like, the kid was fucking dangerous. <laughs> And there was just no controlling him. And I remember we were playing kickball one day, and this girl, 
Her name was Mackenzie. She had the pump, and she she went up to. We we're playing kickball. She went up, and she was about to kick it, but she picked it up and threw it. All right, we were in second. We were in second, third grade. Obviously, she didn't understand kickball. She didn't know what was going on. She's like one of the first people up. But everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why did you pick it up and throw it?" And that kid Kier goes, "She didn't want to knock out her pump." And dude, everybody started just fucking. There, it was a mix of oh and oh, like kids just started dying. And I remember the gym teacher literally. I think she grabbed him by the ear and like like ripped him out of there. I we I don't I don't remember ever seeing him again. I think he was executed. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was just straight up shot in the principal's office. <laughs> oh man, some 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 crazy crazy fucking people, dude. There was this one kid named Chen that used to just punch chicks when he would get upset. He was like a foreign exchange student. Dude, why were all the foreign exchange students strong as fuck? Like, you would expect a little kid from China to just be like small frame, just like, hello, I only had to do math. But this kid was, like, he could not speak any English, and he was just a tornado flying through the halls, punch, punching people of any gender. No, no, no specification. Uh, would just straight. I got punched by him once, and honestly, as a little boy, I had never felt such strength. Like he had gained access to testosterone the first time he was like when he turned eight. It's very scary, very scary. One time, that kid Chen, we had a uh, in Iraq. He was either from Iraq or Afghanistan. He served time there and he saw action, and he goes. I remember the guy at the end, he was like a really like, he was a cool dude, you know, he was just taking questions on the military and stuff. Um, and Chen goes, Chen goes, how many people you kill in war? <laughs> and the military guy's like, I, uh, I just don't like to talk about that. Immediately, one of our seventh grade teachers is pulling Chen out of the crowd like, you don't fucking, you, you don't, you don't do that. And as he's trying to pull him out of the crowd, and the guy's going, I don't like to talk about that. He goes, but war is fun. War is war is fun. You get to shoot people. <laughs> Dude. I'm pretty sure China kicked this kid out. I'm pretty sure that's what he was doing there. <laughs> just, uh, just based on how fucking nuts that guy was. I'm glad that everybody that listens to this podcast knows me besides the five people that listen in Europe. Shout out to you guys. Um, dude, I'll, I'll come and do a show and you get, for you guys in Europe. If that's what you want, hit me up. Um, but it was, dude, it was just, the, the kid was crazy. And they, it was just a, a wild, a wild environment um, growing up. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was a lot crazier though. You know, just the, the town over got so many bomb threats that they stopped taking them seriously. I remember this girl, one of my buddy's girlfriends went to school there in Burnsville, Minnesota, and they got a bomb threat, and it was like the sixth one that week, and they were like, yes, he isn't, ah, think, pretty sure they're joking. A wild, wild place, Burnsville. We used to go out to... A crack house in Burnsville. That was the moment 
I realized I, that was the first time I saw real life. I went to the crack house. We were there to meet up with this guy. We called him Chris Crack just because he would use our alcohol, like the money we gave him to buy alcohol. He would just immediately go buy crack with it. He would do so much fucking crack, like he would snort so much shit that his voice sounded like this. It was it was terrible. I remember him crying and explaining it to us. But Burnsville was wild. We would go over there. I remember the first time I went over there, there was a man, there was a 400-pound man passed out in the backyard, and, a, and this, this little dude was laughing, pouring a bottle into his unconscious mouth. Just, just evilly laughing, just maniacally, <laughs> just fucking pouring a bottle of vodka, a bottle of Smirnoff into this person that was already suffering from alcohol poisoning. And we were there to pick these people up to go buy us, you know, 40 ounces of Old English. It's fucking terrifying, man. Um... I remember we would go down there, and the first time I got there, that was happening, and I asked to use the bathroom, and I walked in, and I stepped on something, and I looked down, and it was a toothbrush that was, that was glued to the floor with blood. Wh- what? Like, these people were on so much drugs, just they, one of them went to go brush their teeth, and their entire mouth got ripped up. And that's the moment I realized life is real. And when the people that don't support you anymore, like the people that support you when they stop, that's vi- that, that you have the potential to fall into that. And, uh, yeah, that was the first time I ever saw real shit. Shout out to Burnsville, Minnesota. I was a young buck. A young buck of 15. They had to go grab some, uh, some old English and and hang out with the crack guys. Thanks for sticking along on this one. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Fucking sorry it's a day late. I'm trying to get them out on Thursdays. Uh, I'll just put this out there. If anyone that listens to this show would like a job producing this show, I can offer not a lot. Um, inquire within, hit me up. I do need somebody to sort of turn this into more of a show rather than like just 40 minutes of stupid shit that doesn't even have a podcast cover. I don't want to get back on social media. I want someone else to do it for me. I'm willing to pay. So if that's you, hit me up, baby, because, uh, because I could get you some weed money, some beer money, some meth money, whatever you, whatever it is to you. Thanks for listening. I love ya. Don't forget, have a good fucking day, man.